You are about to opt in to Monerotopia, a show for the Monero community where all are welcome to join. From noob to maxi, no matter what bags you hold. Just sit back and relax to the sweet sounds of Monero's latest progress. Or if you're feeling inspired, join us on stage. Remember, the only thing that can stop Monero is a false belief that it can be stopped. And if you want to win the revolution faster, we recommend you remove your XMR from all custodial exchanges immediately. Warning, boating accidents are common around here. Don't forget to properly secure your private keys. Monerotopia starts now. For some reason, they all decided to come to MoneroCon. I'm going to pass the mic around and uh, we just have people introduce themselves. Yes. Yeah, how, how are you feeling right now? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I just hope the show comes out well with Let, service. Let's start on this side. Want to go ahead and introduce? Hello. Hello. My name is Pavel, and this is my first time here in MonroCon, and I really enjoyed this conference. It's like a really old school style conference, like an old school hackers conference, the underground atmosphere. I really enjoyed. Awesome. I, I gotta ask, man. You're you're an old school guy. Didn't you start Parnelli Polis? What, what's it called? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like with Uri, uh, we are one one. We are co-founders or founders of Parnelli Polis in Prague, also in Bratislava, and we also uh, started to organize HCPP Hackers Congress Parnelli Polis, one of the biggest crypto anarchistic conference. So that's very shortly our background, and we love Monero, and. Basically, we we are we are in this modern community since the beginning. Yeah, uh, so I, I really enjoyed this conference. What what do you how do you feel about Monero these days? What's your current take yeah. on, on, on it's the going down now? Like an oh, the project itself. Like, what's your your current take? Um, I still think that uh, Monero is like a, a strongly undervaluated project. So I, I I think that it's only question of time when more and more people realize that privacy especially when we are talking about financial transactions is super important so i think i think it's only a question of time then when more and more people start to use cryptocurrency uh, cryptocurrencies with a fungibility like monero so um, i strongly believe that monero will go to the moon <laughs> in the following years yeah i'm super enthusiastic about monero and to be sincere like uh, I have a lot of savings in Monero, so now I'm crying a bit. <laughs> what, what you lost your keys though, right? Weren't you telling me earlier today you lost all your Monero? Was yeah, it? like yeah, yeah. It's unfortunate, but hey, yeah, it happens but I, to the best. Yeah, what? Well, you lost your Monero. It happens to the best of us. Yeah, I still have the same amount of Monero, but compared to, uh, but in fiat is a bit uh, quite significantly less. But yeah, I can survive. But I, I, I think it's a really important project. And especially now, uh, in the following months, there is playing like a new version of Monero with a significant improvement. Yes. So uh, I think that that can be another reason why uh, more people should, or maybe the price of bit of, of Monero will go up. So let's see. All right. Very, very bullish, bullish Monero words. Thank you, <laughs> Amir. Please. Give us part of some wisdom. What's your take on MoneroCon? What's uh, what brought you out here? Why are you at MoneroCon? Uh, I think Monero is kind of a based community 
like Zcash has really good uh, developers and cryptographers, but they're like a very it's, it's a corporate owned project, and uh, and also uh, they're like pro regulation. Whereas the Monero community is highest adopted in what I call the Danknet markets. You know, uh, the dank, the Danknet markets is uh, the free uh, economy, uh, democratic, you know, directly democratic, uh, people's-based. Um, it's the majority of the world's economy. I was just in uh, Lebanon and Egypt, and now in the mid in Lebanon, uh, they basically had an economic collapse. And all of the OTC shops are accepted in USD Tether on Tron. And in Egypt as well, they're paying a 15% premium on USDT over normal dollars. So that's very bullish for, for uh, you know, and the Middle East, obviously, it's a very kind of like, you know, uh, a society where it's very tribal and people have, and the states are authoritarian because people have these like, like uh, alliances and stuff and the state is very hard for them to maintain control. So people like distrust banks and stuff. And the majority of the world actually is, is, um, is the, the, the kind of this economy, which, you know, we, with, we have this concept of lunar punk, which is the imaginary, which is the, um, the thing is, is uh, with this narrative, typically like Monero is underperformed, the privacy narratives un massively underperformed. But we, we think that actually now is the time for uh, kind of the ideology of free markets in crypto to because it's a, the regulations now are kicking in and the state is kicking in. And, the, and, and what that will do is basically uh, bifurcate the crypto, um, crypto economy into what we call RegFi, which would be KYC, AML, above ground part of the crypto markets. And, and dark fi which will be the underground part of the crypto economy so the more that they hit us the more it like reinforces that narrative and it flushes out the normies that's what we've seen now happen with the crypto markets when they go into a bear phase they become more ideational you see that like people like bitcoin uh, liquidity becomes like incredibly important as opposed to the bull market phase so now this is a very good this is very is very good extinction event because it's ra radicalizing the crypto community and as regulations kick in typically always throughout history you see that like you know the same way the nazis or the american revolutionaries or the or the the irish republicans all of those were fringe groups which only when like shit got really bad did the narrative shift in their favor in the favor of this small uh highly ideological groups of people so that's why like when that kicks in we can all just be like everybody be like look that's all we were saying that's that's happening and it will just make the state more aggressive towards crypto and it will cause this split even more but ultimately we're going to win we don't need to like we don't need to bow down before like you know cocksucker silicon valley vcs getting free money from the central bank printing printing money because crypto technology is too strong we're just going to win and now there's a cryptography renaissance that's happening not just the zero knowledge proofs but many techniques like multi-party computation and you know homomorphic encryption and you know vrfs and even all crazy stuff in maths 
that's happening now, like hyperliptic curves, groups of unknown order, they give us access to really powerful cryptography primitives that we can use to engineer applications that weren't before previously possible. And this new field that's emerging, we call kind of anonymity engineering. And so that all of that is very bullish for Monero as well. And we also saw like our project DarkFi, the more that we like, because we've been spent years like developing our narrative. And like now we're like actually bringing it out. And the more that we kind of, um, the more that we kind of uh, talk, the more that it, it, it kind of starts to expand. And, and the more it also reinforces Monero's value proposition. So the way that I'm like actually hedging like our project as what is now by buying lots of Monero, you know, and actually, if you see during the bear market crash, uh, when all the all the currency, a lot of the currencies got nuked, Monero actually had ten percent appreciation. So I, I think Monero's uh, Monero ha also has to kind of adapt as well and and learn to like take on these new developments that are happening in cryptography, cultivate that uh, ideal intellectual ideological culture, develop the the technological dimension as well uh but uh i think yeah the now is like a very opportune time as well with all the macro that's kicking in and stuff so what wh what do you see as monero's largest shortcoming where, where do we need the most improvement what what's missing in monero what can be improved in monero? obviously a lot of things can be improved but you know what's where do you get the biggest bang for your buck in terms of moving monero forward what what should we strive yeah, so for? the ethereum community they're very uh big and um, they're developing a lot of these new, they're, they're, they've made a significant contribution to the development of these anonymity technologies that are now coming to the fore. However, their focus is not on an anonymity, it's mainly on scalability. Monero has a different narrative, which the narrative is about, um, oh, transparent uh, uh, public goods funding. It's a little bit, you know, like liberal communism it's very a lot of the Monero, like if you go to bitcoin community a lot of bitcoin community is very proletariat but also very captured by you know this big vc money which you know a lot of people they're like oh you know it doesn't matter i just like you know oh the vcs you know i'll get in there but i'll infect the system from inside but it doesn't work like that as soon as you start selling yourself short in the narrative you start attracting those kind of people into your community. And that, that's essentially like Bitcoin hasn't had like a strong ideology. And in fact, now it's started to become regressive. Whereas Ethereum um, is more in the earliest, earliest phase of their cycle, their life cycle. But still also there's like, you know, very big problems with this kind of emerging bureaucratic class. And, you know, they're, a lot of them are also very like middle upper class as well. And there's like a lot of like, you know, sex parties and polyamory and, and like, you know, psychedelic, all that kind of stuff going on. They're not very, they're not very focused, but they have, but they, but they do have like a lot of very good talent and um, they are developing a lot of these new technologies and, uh, uh, and, but like uh, Monero isn't really uh, present in, in the, in that uh, side of developing those uh new kind of cryptography algorithms or doing that research when you look at the new cryptography papers coming out you don't really see like cryptographers or names on, on on those kind of lists um so that's important important to cultivate i think like monero with a kind of good uh strategy 
and a good kind of ideological focus can galvanize and attract a lot of those people into its community. All right, man. I, unfortunately, I feel like me, you and I can talk all day, but we, we have so many heavy hitters lined up over here. Let's, uh, let's move it along. Sir, please introduce yourself. Uh, so I'm Max. I'm the developer relations for NIM. And yeah, I started off as a technical writer there. Now I'm the guy who tries to get people to use our docs to run our stuff and build on top of it and uh, yeah. run whatever through the mixnet and kind of afford um, essentially kind of like the game learning resistant types of like metadata protection that you can get from the mixnet. Trying, uh, yeah, different days, different people like running all of their stuff through that and becoming this part of this enormous kind of pooled anonymity set that we're working on basically so what do you see as being the, a big question here being the future of crypto uh what does the ecosystem look like in terms of what type of projects exist and what utilities they're providing and what role nim will play there okay so i think all right so i'll answer the first part of your question first actually no actually i'll kind of answer the second part so picking up on something that amir said right where he was talking about the focus that uh is or isn't present in kind of or is in present in different ways in different crypto communities right like communities and technologies that have privacy at the core that necessitates a certain focus because privacy is like a pretty it's a, a hard problem but it's also one with massive import you know the reason that maybe some of the uh you know some of the some of the interesting experiments that kind of came out of DeFi and like protocol experiments were able to happen because they weren't necessarily dealing with the the severity of the question of privacy, which a lot of people here are actually discussing, you know, in your talk just now, real practical shit of um, don't necessarily trade 10,000 uh, Monero on the street with a guy because he might be a cop, you know, so that necessitates a certain type of focus, right? And I think that's going to, that's going to bleed, that's going to bleed into this, this bifurcation of where uh, the crypto scene, if you can even call it yeah. a thing, which I don't know whether you can, but it's going to split. You know, you have on the one side, you have all the ETF stuff, you have the very institutionalized crypto stuff that's kind of happening. And then on the other side, which is maybe this side, it's the more practical but hardcore um, disregard of that to actually fix like practical problems. Where NIM sits in that is hopefully NIM basically can sit in the middle and act as like this transport layer that actually is able to grant extra security affordances to, for instance, like private crypto protocols. But maybe when you interact with them, you're still leaking a lot of stuff about yourself, right? Where if NIM can kind of step in there with the mixnet and stop gap and say, okay, well, actually, then we can grant the network anonymity. So you can interact with anonymous apps, actually anonymously kind of across this whole stack. So yeah, to not go too long, that's my rough answer to that question. It's a big question. You want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Hi, I'm Yurai. Uh, well, I would say I'm like a Pavel's uh, twin brother. So, <laughs> uh, so I'm also co-founder of uh, Parallel Police and Institute of Crypto Anarchy. And uh, what brings me here is the fact that uh, Monero is actually cryptocurrency that has these cryptoanarchic values. It's not, you know. Uh, get rich fast scheme or something but it's something that that is rooted in the original cypherpunk vision and uh, crypto anarchy vision so uh, so so i'm really happy that uh, that this community exists uh, despite it not being the best uh, number go up technology <laughs> Uh, there are still some people who hold their values and uh, research, but 
I don't only mean it in a, like technical or uh, cryptographic sense, uh, but also societal as a way to live, how to implement uh, this kind of um, technologies in your daily life, in your dealings with other people and so on. So, so I really like the vibe at this conference. Uh, it reminds me of like one of the first Bitcoin conferences, like the ones that Amir organized in, uh, in London, for example. Um, you don't see any people in suits and ties. Uh, there are like one or two people wearing shirts. Uh, it's, you know, uh, geeks in hoodies and uh, uh, eyeglasses and uh, baseball hats and, and whatever. And uh, these people are still here. You know, they, they don't follow the current uh, wave of whatever VC investment or DeFi or ICO. Uh, but they come from the, from the original uh, mindset of crypto anarchy and cypherpunk. There might not be the same people. Of course, you can discover it later. I'm not saying that, you know, everyone has to be an OG, you know, 1990s cypherpunk. Uh, people can come later. Uh, but that this community still exists and uh, and is kind of um, uh, still rooted in the values. So what I like um, in uh, like before COVID, uh, uh, the, the Bitcoiners were super high on things like, you know, institutional investors and we will have ETFs and all this, uh, all this stuff. And now we were locked in our houses and now we uh, got out and no one talks like this, like that. I don't know where these people went. They're maybe gone. Um, uh, but also at Bitcoin conferences, uh, you see a change of uh, vibe and narrative a little bit. But here you have, uh, like when you talk to people, they they understand uh, this polarization that Amir was talking about. We are basically creating uh, black market money. Everyone understands that. We are creating this parallel economy and we don't care if a bank or a fund buys Monero on a balance sheet. Like I, I, I've never heard anyone say, oh, let's, you know, uh, talk to these institutions and tell them, you know, it's a good idea to buy Monero. You will, you know, you will use it inside your company. Uh, everyone, I think, in this community understands what Monero is. And, uh, um, and I like that. Awesome, man. Awesome. What do you see as Monero's biggest potential pitfalls here? What's... What's slowing down or what could possibly speed up the adoption? I'm not sure if uh, speed of adoption is actually something to focus on. Uh, so I, I think uh, that uh, when the world changes and all these regulations come and are actually enforced and uh, when they start becoming a problem, then uh, other people who don't like this, uh, this change in the mainstream society they can come to Monero and they can uh, they can use it. It's already here. So I'm not much into, you know, hyping people into using Monero or, you know, saying, oh, let's, you know, let's onboard one million people into Monero. I think uh, it's kind of nice that we are starting under the radar. Uh, of course, uh, the pitfall that I see is that... Uh, uh, Monero is not moving very fast. So, for example, uh, in, in my talk about peer-to-peer -peer, uh, crypto exchangers, uh, like the street dealers of Monero, um, I was talking about hedging, for example. And you can't do much uh, in Monero besides sending and receiving Monero. That's basically it. It does it well. It does it in a way that uh, upholds uh, 
the values of the of the project, which is super nice, and I'm glad that we have that. But uh, there are other things uh, to do with cryptocurrencies, and uh, they're not the focus of this community, I would say. So more projects like uh, DarkFi, maybe, or other projects are uh, tackling these problems and they're trying to solve it in a in, in a privacy preserving way. But uh, having a privacy coin without much development on top of it uh, is uh, like we had it four years ago. It was basically the same and it hasn't uh, developed much. So, so uh, technologically, I think uh, it's kind of stuck and, uh, and not moving as fast as other projects. Do you think Monero competes with Bitcoin for the value to serve? Bitcoin and Monero, are they competing for the same use case? I'm not sure, uh, but uh, I personally perceive Monero uh, as the ideal black market money. Uh, so not to uh, you know talk too much about criminals, uh, black market economy, as Amir said, is the parallel economy. It's most of human interactions, human economic interactions. So it's not like... Uh, necessarily street dealers of heroin it's you know uh, someone uh, growing tomatoes and wanting to sell it to me or selling me a cow or whatever whatever they produce and uh, i think what it competes with uh, or will compete with is cash because uh, the governments are going to ban cash sooner or later they're making it less and less usable uh, with the cash limits and probably they will kind of try to replace it. And the logical uh, cryptocurrency right now to replace cash is Monero. It's not going, like people are not going to analyze UTXOs and do some coin joins in some wallet and, uh, you know, th think about it this way. I think they're in a different business. Bitcoin is uh, uh, is more, the, the, the narrative of Bitcoin is more like uh, hard uh, money with, you know, kept supply and, you know, the rules don't change. It's very rigid, very slow to move and doesn't add many uh, features, including privacy. So it's not very usable in this kind of black market economy, I would say, or parallel economy. There are, of course, they're developing extensions, coin joins, Lightning Network. It's all good. Monero is not competing for, you know, Michael Saylor or, or Tesla buying it on their balance sheet. It's, no one cares about this and we're not trying to sell it this way. So I think the use case is a little bit separate and it's a good thing. I personally like both. I'm not, you know... Uh, any kind of maximalist actually so it's all good and i'm happy that all these projects are happening and uh, improving all right man it's, it's taking a long time to get around this circle over here all right we have so many big hitters i don't want to cut anybody off i don't want to go ahead introduce yeah. yourself and if you want to comment on any any things that's uh, been said I, so far yeah i will um i'm magic mine i'm in the monero core team and my main focus and passion about monero is that you make sure that people can actually use it at scale. Um, it's great to talk about all these great things that we're doing with it, but if nobody can use it, and you only have like three transactions a second, or six transactions a second, when Visa's doing 65,000 transactions, sorry, 6,500 transactions a second, you ain't going to go anywhere. So my focus primarily is to ensure that this technology can be used. A lot of the comments here, I'm a baby boomer. Um, I remember when the dominant force of mainstream money was fungible, private, everything we want in Monero. 
So in some ways, it says, well, what I'm trying to do here is turning back the clock half a century. And realistically, there is a point in that because this has been a technological result. People ask, what's the value proposition? The value proposition is a cyberpunk currency that is peer-to-peer. That's why it has value. It doesn't matter who buys it. If a bank wants to buy it because they think it's going to go up in money, in value, it's because more people are going to use it as a peer-to-peer currency, which is the big problem that I had with Bitcoin because Bitcoin came out as a peer-to-peer currency. And even before it failed on privacy, it failed on scaling. So if you cannot use it at scale, and if the technology is such that you can't allow for it to uh, grow into it being used at scale, like, for example, one can argue today that Monero cannot totally replace peer currencies, uh, payments. But I would say within a decade to, to a little over a decade, Monero could have the transaction throughput of a visa easily, just if you look at trends in technology. So the same thing that has led to the current situation, which is that we have today, which is that all this controlled and surveilled money is the dominant form of money. That's a result of the technology has made that possible. Technology will also make possible moving to the next stage where we now go to totally decentralized ledgers and where that surveillance isn't going to happen. So it will become mainstream. That might surprise people. And yes, I would expect the dotnet markets or the um, black markets, whatever you want to call them, they're very much early adopters. So if they're going for this, that is a sign that that is a sign that that's where it's going. So that's my sort of overall comment. All right. Anybody want to quickly respond to that? Any any retort? All right. Untraceable, take it away. Uh, so I'm just an active uh, community member, enthusiast of Monero. And uh, I just understand how important decentralized private money is and that Monero is the first digital money uh, since about 2017 when it became fully fungible. And uh, I just tweet a lot about it. I uh, have made some videos. Uh, The one that's been the most watched probably was the Michael Saylor one. Maybe you need a Monero. Uh, I helped with the Gratuitous website. And I just do whatever I can in the community to... um, you know, just encourage people to use fungible private money and uh, to do it properly and uh, to advance anything that I can in the in the space. What, what what do you think about the current state of Monero? So I have very high hopes, not just hopes, but I just see like the brilliant minds that are here at this conference. And a lot of it is way above my head, like technically. And uh, but there's just so, so many brilliant minds working on all sorts of types of solutions to uh, from Rhino Wallet to uh, Amir with DarkFi. And uh, yeah, I'm just it just looks very good. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, Fungible. Hi. So uh, I think <laughs> quite a few people already know me. So um, I'm a Fungible. <laughs> uh, well, I just basically have been active in the community for a while. You can see me? No, you can't. That's, That's what makes it great. We can just see your silhouette a little bit. Yeah, so I've been active community for a while. And um, the mysterious Monero, privacy advocate as well. I analyze the markets every, every. so I've done like 25 plus episodes for Monerotopia. So week. so let, let's get to the chase. What do you think of the price? Like, they, they, well, like um, people are, there's blood on, it's like beyond want, blood. There's bodies good, on the street. good news or bad news? <laughs> Well, I think I think the thing is, uh, I see the the Bitcoin miners to capitulate in the coming time. The hash rate is at all time highs. Okay. I, I don't think this is sustainable. So once that happens, there's there's going to be a ripple effect, and I see a capitulation coming. Maybe not now, 
but in the near future okay um i think the price is going to just float around 20000 25 we are already at uh, how do you say the rsi is oversold like really oversold not seen historically mm. i think we're going to see a bounce back at some point but at the same time we haven't seen blood on the streets all right Arctic, I want to go to you real quick. What do you think about the recent uh, all-time high in transaction count? Can you read that? No. I think we're seeing a new all-time high in Monero transaction count. Any any comment well, there? Oh, yeah. Um, actually, I'm looking at the trend. I'm not surprised because it was a bit of a flattening last year. Uh, so we should just see a continuation of the trend. Then we should be seeing all-time highs right now. What, so what, I'm not surprised with that at all. So just, just within the trend? Because, I mean, speculation... Well, it's actually going back to the trend because the trend was a lot higher going up to the beginning of last year and now it's flattened out last year and now it's moving back up again so maybe going back into the trend do you think it, i mean obviously this is the million dollar question but do you think it's being used for for purposes of, of transacting or is it is it you know well, primarily speculation or is it people just messing with the network trying to uh you know s study the network What's any any hypothesis? Any there? and all of those, but the main dominant ones is speculation and also transaction activity on chain. So the fundamentals of what I said, which is a peer-to-peer um, -peer cypherpunk currency, is actually happening, and that's what's driving the fundamentals of the price. Yes, there was some work done. There was one article where someone actually tried uh, to test out Flood XMR and failed because it doesn't work, but it's sure sharp input in transactions. You'll see that kind of thing also. Maybe uh, the high amount of transactions is actually people um, using uh, uh, commodity markets to uh, turn Monero into white powders <laughs> because they're afraid of uh, losing value and uh, uh, commodity markets with white powders might be viewed as a hedge. So... I was supposed to be a joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know what people are buying uh, for a, a question mark amount of Monero. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this could be an option. Well, no, just because, you know, people are trying to speculate, is it actually organically being used for transactions right now for, for such purposes? Or is it, uh, you know, an increase in speculation, people trying to take the Monero off of exchanges and whatever because of the market or... Are, 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 is there potentially uh, an not attack, but uh, you know, people trying to gain data about the network? These, these are, you know, the, the three pri primary speculations. Right? My guess would be panic and uh, selling Monero for cocaine or something like that. Mm. But uh, you're talking <laughs> to a person that has no idea about the price, so I'll, yeah, I'll leave it. I have something to add. The transaction count that you said, I have a fee. I have a like I do some analysis on the transaction count, I see that since the market started selling, the transactions have been increasing. And I would be proven wrong in the hypothesis when the market stabilizes and the transaction count sustains itself. So I would like it to sustain like about 30,000. Right now it's 40,000 all-time highs. But I think, I feel that this is temporary. We might come down to 25,000, which is the average yearly transaction is 22,000. So I would like to see how it plays out. But I think it's because of retail money selling out and there is a, some kind of panic. Amir, any opinion on on like actual usage, organic usage and uptake, people actually using cryptos? Do you, you know, Monero is like, the, the, this meme is going around that Monero is actually being adopted on the dark markets. It's replacing Bitcoin. 
What's your take on that? You think that's legitimate? You think it's actually happening? What's what's your take? Yeah, it's, it's definitely happening because uh, also markets, they have a, a reflexive aspect to them, which is when uh, prices pump, they people become more bullish about a certain currency. And then that also also causes the price to pump more. And the interesting thing is, is uh, typically the the normalized kind of daily on Monero, if you compare it against the basis of other cryptos has was for several years going down. But the first this, this year was the first year where we saw that Monero was actually appreciating and, and moving up the the market caps. And even in this, like now there was a cascade that was caused first by lunar liquidations and then also 3AC, which is the biggest VC going bust, basically, where a bunch of lenders were forced to like recall their capital and suddenly dump on the market. But actually, normally when there's a market crash, the first, as I said, like markets, markets tend to contract, and the first kind of, like typically, typically, for example, like a few weeks ago when on. Um, when crypto had, when Luna had the liquidations, I was trying to send uh, USDC, and the cost on Ethereum was $170 for a transaction fee, and I was like, "What's going on?" It was, and it's basically everybody like rushing for the exits, and it's in those kind of times when uh, things like Bitcoin become very valuable, and that's why in the kind of bear market you see things tend to contract, like a lot of the kind of attention or energy that was attracted you know kind of last year time kind of gets flushed out like now we now we're kind of um you know it, we were just talking about uh the types of money that comes into your economy and that has like a big effect on the culture and, and in turn affects the how the technology develops so the the thing is is uh, when communities form that do have this kind of pro-regulatory kind of narratives the thing is that kind of that kind of narrative once the like for example if they were making overtures to the sec and the sec basically just turned around and like you know hit them and said oh yeah we're gonna we're gonna go off the if and that's why you've seen several like large companies for example doquan was served by the sec um so that's kind of like those those kind of community communities are liable to capture so it's it's as as Uri said, like, it's not about adoption necessarily. It's it's about how, because typically, like, when you have a, a bit, like, a big change that happen in society, it's because, you know, there's a, sh a, a shift in the kind of uh, morals or or narrative or, or culture or philosophy that's guiding, like, how society is going forwards. You know, as a technologist, I develop technologies. I always think, like, okay, you know, what do I? What am I developing my technology for? So that that also matters on a on a large scale, and and the the, the kind of dominant ideology now, the ex existing kind of ETH, is one of um, you know, a, 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 for example, there's a project Kleros, and they did a talk at ETH CC about the Panopticon, and they were going like, oh, the Panopticon's like a, a type of surveillance system where nobody knows if they're being watched, but everybody thinks they're being watched and so it causes everyone to behave and they had a and they they were basically saying like oh it's good 
it's a good form of surveillance because it's a decentralized form of surveillance. So in that kind of worldview, it's like everything is uh, completely visible and and to make that kind of system work of you know of you know the public goods funding and and all that kind of transparent paradigm you need also a surveillance system so the other but the other side of that now is that we're we haven't yet reached kind of capitulation phase of of the kind of market but um but also it's it's also good for radicalization as well you know it allows us to kind of uh, reform like kind of like refocus around like the actual core narratives that are important and give us a, a kind of chance or a window that we can use to establish our, ourselves become like a kind of dominant force within crypto which i think there is i think it's like a lot of people in the world now if you talk to them like everybody kind of feels in the next five years or so there's going to be something like of, of huge like macroeconomic or, or political significance happen. They can't tell what it is, but it's just like things have, have got too complex. Like it's a cascade in the system, you know? And we kind of we kind of see crypto as well. People now, they've gone through, like Web3 was basically the last phase of that narrative where they were like, okay, like all the other narratives failed. Like, okay, let's like recycle this old narrative from like 20, I don't know, like 2013 or 2014 which kind of was like taken and discarded. The like web itself is like, is a system that's like dominated by big tech platforms who harvest user data. And and so then like now with the SEC kind of going like, oh no, we're gonna crack down on ETH. It kind of just put a hole in like their whole strategy. Whereas I think Monero and like these kind of crypto anarchic communities, also DarkFi, NIM, we have like a lot more power when they like they come after us because like our narratives are resilient that's where the value proposition is and we haven't seen the kind of uh bitcoin uh store of value you know like hedge against the uh, uh us dollar monetary implosion we haven't seen any evidence for that yet so that's also a big right now it's just intuition like there's not there's not actually historical precedence for that like typically crypto has behaved like a tech stock like when you see like big crashes in like big tech stocks like tesla or like apple and stuff like crypto usually follows through and um and like typically like like right now we've seen like you know the big nuke that's happened in like kind of uh the smaller cap projects and now it's like kind of bleeding through into the rest of the crypto market and you can actually look and see where the money flows are are going towards and in this kind of phase people start to like contract their you know like an army that's overextended you like withdraw your troops you contract to where most liquidity is that's why for example i said you know like bitcoin became really valuable when usdc was 170 dollars and and we're talking also about another kind of uh, extinction event that's happening to the markets one that we haven't dealt with before which is the which is the the fist of the state slamming down trying to because crypto is a massive threat to their power and it's irreconcilable i was on a call with uh, stanford law professors where they were like there was a guy from the sec there and the cftc as well and they were talking about cryptocurrency and the guys they were i was talking about the crypto anarchic side but they said like oh you know if crypto go down that path you know it won't be allowed to exist but and then they started talking about like collect antique collectibles 
and like like little playthings. And he said, oh, if crypto, on the other hand, wants to be more like that, then we can find a niche for it, which is, is not the value proposition of crypto at all. Amazing. I could listen to you for hours, man. Um, you, you, you speak uh, motivational truth with regards to crypto and what it's supposed to be. Guys, I think we got to wrap it up. As you can see, most people took off to jumping on the, the bus to go to the, the dinner. So we're going to wrap it up. This is We had two diesel of a crowd here. like We couldn't even get around because I, I wanted to give everybody the time. Closing comments. You want to say anything before we uh, cut it off? I'll say closing comment that's kind of following on from this discussion that we've been broadly having as well is that Monero is kind of the the next step for when people who previously were into Bitcoin then suddenly get privacy pilled for whatever reason, right? This kind of the general economic, like crypto economic collapse, but also like economic collapse that we're also kind of seeing when people get scared, people get freaked, people know something is like something tumultuous is like happening, right? Maybe this is also kind of where people people are then going. You know, in the last couple of years, the amount of people that were just using Signal has massively increased. The amount of people who are, and like the awareness of Tor has massively increased. And maybe this is where going back to those transaction figures that we were talking about before, maybe this is where people are also storing now. People, instead of hedging into Bitcoin, are hedging into Monero. People are actually hedging into privacy tech because so many different things people are cracking down governments are cracking down you have the eu talking about client-side scanning you know this is where uh it's no it becomes like a more attractive value proposition for a far larger group of people and so i think this is actually kind of a moment where there can be a massive like reinvigoration and like re kind of spreading of those kind of original like cypherpunk and crypto anarchic interests right to a lot more people and i think that's possibly like the situation we're in which obviously is a mixture of terrifying and exciting at the same time and i think that's where i'm going to leave i'll just say one thing as well and also we can use cryptocurrency to uh, defund the state and create parallel societies which contain the seed of the new society we want to create which are have uh, contain a dna of uh, resistance to tyranny and authoritarianism if you could tell you know, give give one word of advice out to the audience, people that are really inspired by some of the things that were said here today. And, you know, they're, they're amped up about Monero or just this concept of digital cash and parallel economies and opting out of the system. What would you advise they do to help push this forward? Uh, I First of all, I, we need to build an intellectual culture. We need to develop our philosophy. Um, we have a, a journal on agorism called agorist.xyz. I can sh I actually can show uh, one of the copies I have, uh, and also you know study thinkers like Richard Werner. He has a book on macroeconomics, a manifesto for democratic civilization, and Lewis Mumford. You know Nietzsche, lots of good thinkers. You know that enables us to develop our our, our social power and our sense of direction, but also gain the skills like equip ourselves, get good at learn about finance, learn about markets start like doing research on all the different crypto projects the structure of the crypto economy also gain technical skills install linux uh learn programming learn python development uh you know if you want to get really good learn rust learn abstract algebra learn cryptography you know we need to develop ourselves into a power amazing man amazing all right, guys, uh, we're going to go. We have to cut it off. It's been a long day over here at MoneroCon. 
Uh, we wanted to do some Monero talk yes, interviews, but we didn't really have time, so we condensed it all into one one chat with with just a, a portion of some of the big names that were here today. This is awesome. Let's uh, let's go eat a steak or something. Let's go eat. All right, thank you guys for joining us. Cheers. Thank you guys. Take care, Appreciate guys. it. Thank you for joining us on this week's Monerotopia episode. We stream live shows every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern. You can find and subscribe to our show on YouTube and Odyssey or listen to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter or join us in the Monerotopia Telegram group. See you all next week.